the blast from our past network. Hey, this is Zach Ward, better known as Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story, or Nikolai Zhnofov from Resident Evil Apocalypse, or Dave from Titus. And you are listening to Podcasting After Dark. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Welcome to another Podcasting After Dark TV Obscura. Hey, it's me, one half of the pad team, Zach, uh, joined along with my beautiful buxom blonde co-host, <laughs> Corey Stevenson. What's up, guys? <laughs> and um, today for TV Obscura, we have a very special guest Y'all should know who he is because he's guested at least on one watch list with yours truly. Um, And he's been on another podcast, which we might bring up during the plugs later. But um, we're joined by famed author and illustrator and all-around amazing dude. Illustrator in his own spare time, I would say. Diallo Jackson. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? How you doing? I was going to also say uh, you guys have probably heard Diallo mentioned almost every single episode of Podcasting <laughs> After Dark, like yeah. uh, not, not unlike Eric and Luke. So you're kind of like uh, we're, we're creating this little pantheon of, of I don't know, side characters sort of thing, but of friends. Right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a recurring character, yeah. Yeah, you're a recurring character. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, Diallo is my, uh, at times, a quarantine buddy. Uh, during these these uh, these these odd, wacky, bizarre times, but uh, Diallo has watched a lot of po- pad movies with me. When my wife is like, "What are you guys watching?" Uh, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Diallo's like, "Hey, can I come over and watch one of your movies?" I'm like, "Yes, you, please." You mean when Kristen is like, "Is that a Corey pick?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then one time she said. Is that a Corey pick? I go, no, I picked it. She goes, you did? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Savage Streets, baby. Um, but, yeah, Diallo, man, it's so great to have you on TV Obscura. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me here. You know, uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on because I've been staring at the ceilings and the walls for a while. And <laughs> <laughs> this gives me something to do. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a uh, quarantine's crazy out there for everybody, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad we could hook you up with uh, with with a fun fun topic because I was gonna open today's episode by saying this is a uh, a very kid friendly episode of TV Obscura because all three of our picks have something in common, and that thing being they're all animated series. Um, I won't say any more about what they are, but uh, you know we'll each introduce our own shows and then you know talk a little bit about it, open it up for discussion, and then bingo, bango, tingo, tango, go from there. But uh, I just want to say, yeah, really quickly, it's it's really awesome to have you on the show yet again, and um, I'm looking forward to this being a a regular thing. Yeah, you know when I saw you guys were doing the. Uh... TV obscura, like, uh, like 
I, you know, I watch movies. Clearly, I watched them with you. But when I saw you're doing TV, I was like, oh, man, this is that's my jam right there. <laughs> and I, so. I think I think when I pitched uh, TV Obscura to Zach, I mean, I knew in the back of my head that you were going to be on here. No, like I was hoping more than once because uh, I've always yeah. heard you. You know, you talk about the Shazam show. Uh, yeah. I don't know the Electric Gal show, whatever that show was uh, uh, back Elect- in the day. <laughs> Electric you, Woman you, and Diana Girl. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so I told Zach, I was like, man, uh, TV Obscura would be a great place to to have Diallo come on uh you know hopefully like a recurring thing because man your knowledge of specifically obscure tv shows is pretty impressive <laughs> yeah it's funny because to me they're not obscure they're just things i did right but you know but yeah, yeah i definitely <laughs> recognize that i i probably have a little bit deeper uh knowledge or dive into some of that stuff so uh yeah so i was really looking forward to it and, and yeah if you guys will have me back i you know just you know where I live, so <laughs> that we do. Well, and, and for those and for those that don't know about Diallo, he has an ability to, um, he has a, he has an infinite knowledge of TV theme songs, mostly well known, I'm sure, but then then definitely some obscure ones too. And um, and I thought at some point I'm like, depending on what Diallo's pick would have been. Maybe he'll sing the theme song for us. And then I, I kind of geared my pick based on the fact that it would strike a chord with Diallo. Uh, we'll get to that later, obviously. But uh, for those that, of you that are kind of new to TV Obscura, this was Corey's little baby. He birthed it. He, it came out of him. He was like, oh, God, this is my idea. Like and it came out and he said, this is my idea. Well, it's about well, obscure no, TV hold, shows. Hold on. Let's, let's give Zach credit on that because we were going to do a watch list, him and I, of obscure TV shows. But Zach said, why don't we do this as a regular series? I just came up with the name. Zach was the one that hit the idea home. So it's a, it's like everything on Podcasting After Dark, it's, it's a group effort. <laughs> so what you're saying is I impregnated you. Yes. You're and I gave birth and I named it. That's all. <laughs> but now we're raising the baby together. And it takes a whole community to raise a kid. So Diallo's here too and our baby's TV up scary. It's all he's all grows up. He's all grows up and he's all, all grows, grows up. up. <laughs> it's like that Saturday Saturday Night Live uh skit where Will Ferrell came out as like a, a grown man. <laughs> All remember that sticky one. and right, right. hairy, uh, and actually Corey kind of looks like, like looks like that now, minus the the jelly all over his body. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but let let's do this. Let's yeah. jump in, um, Diallo, because you are our our guest and uh, fellow amigo. Why don't you start us off first with the TV obscura pick of your choice? So the. TV Obscura pick of my choice, you know, when when we first were talking about it, clearly I had a ton of uh, shows that came flooding into my head, um, but um, what I felt resonated with me best was this one show that I loved so much as a kid, um, and it kind of disappeared, and um, it's really hard to find, um, and it's called The Mighty Orbots. Mm. So... Mm. It yes. was a, uh, a animated show. It debuted in 1984. Um, it was only on for one season, and um, I think it was about 13 episodes. Um, it was created by Barry Glazer, um, and it had uh, Gary Owens doing the sort of narrator voice, like the. Um, and uh, yeah, it it just was like. 
I, it's like Transformers, it's Voltron, it's mm. like superheroes, it's, it, there's, there's so many different elements that go into it. And, um, you know, as a kid, I, you know, I watched it and I didn't really have the wherewithal to understand, um, like the dynamics of how you make shows and, you know, it, it, and the, another thing about it was it was only on, they only had 13 episodes, but in my kid brain, it was on for about three or four years and it seemed like, <laughs> you know, and it seemed like there was a hundred episodes, even though I, I guess I just watched them over and over, over again. I didn't realize it till now. Um, That's like uh, the the karate, uh, the Chuck Norris karate commandos. Uh, as a kid, I thought it was a, a full se- season, let, let alone you know. But it's actually like only like four episodes. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's eight episodes, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and and I you can re- watch them over and over again, and it will feel like a different experience every time. <laughs> every I time. I was gonna. I was gonna say really quick too, because you mentioned Gary Owens, yeah. and for those that don't know, he's the voice of Space Ghost, right? Which the original voice of Space Ghost. I was wondering uh, why it sounded familiar when I was watching the episode that that you sent over. I was like, "Holy moly, what is what's familiar about that?" Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. He was like the voice of um, like the seventies and eighties. Um, him and Wolfman Jack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Hanna Barbera, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh. so was was Orbots a Saturday morning cartoon, or was it like a Sunday morning one? Or it was a Saturday morning. It, it came on okay. ABC. It was in their Saturday morning lineup. Okay. Um, but it was in that. So it, there's this, there's this whole history around it, which I again like I didn't really understand any of this until like in the past year um, when I f- I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole and I found <laughs> this uh, site that was talking about like the histories of toys and shows and what happened with Mighty Orbots was it was designed to um, sell toys after it had been developed um, but it bumped up against Tonka who had the GoBots the GoBots. And so the GoBots, the Tonka basically was suing uh, TMS Entertainment, uh, which is a production company for Mighty Orbots. And instead of like fighting um, the lawsuit, they just kind of gave up the ghost. And that's why the show <laughs> went off the air. So it, 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 it's really that, that when I found that part out, out, it's really upsetting because like, uh, the GoBots is like the definition of like a pirate victory. Like when it could, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they, they took down the mighty Orbots, which to me was amazing um, just to lose out to the Transformers anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, right. Was, so it's like, what was the point of even taking out the Orbots? You're going to lose anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, whatever. So they, yeah. So basically they, there's, um, I think, cause a lot of those shows took from, uh, lines of toys in Japan and they were just bringing them over and there were some like shady stuff with um, Tonka like uh, trying to take over um, the uh, saying they had the rights to whatever the Mighty Orbots was going to be wow. so anyway so yeah there was only 13 episodes but you know like when I like revisited it I was like almost fell in love with it more than when I was a kid um, it just had it you know, it just has so many elements of the things that I love, and and you know, you've seen some of the some of the projects that I've I put out, and I'm I was finding how much 
I pulled from those types of shows. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So, and then, and then one other thing is that I, I kind of, I kind of, I always knew this specifically. I made my gamer tag on PlayStation Umbra Sin, which I use as my, mm-hmm. um, as I, which I use as my uh, pseudonym for when yep. I do comic books, and. The main character, the main villain on Mighty Orbots is named Umbrus. Oh. And, yeah. and I remember as a kid not knowing what that was. And yeah. I asked my dad. He was like, well, look it up. Yeah, every time I wanted to know something, he tells me to look in the dictionary. So then I found out what Umbrus was, and it just kind of stuck with me. And I think I remember when I was making that name on, uh, was that Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic? And I had to make <laughs> my character's name. I named him Umbrus. And it was it was from the Mighty Orbots. Like, it specifically, cool. it was from that show. Yeah. That's, so, what does what does Umbris mean? Uh, it's like shadow. Me looking it up. Yeah, yeah it's like a that? shadow. Yeah. Okay. So like when the sun, like it's uh, like when the sun um, casts a shadow, there's you call the outer dark ring Umbris. Umbris. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm. Umbra. Cool. Nice. I'm sorry, it's an Umbra. So well, well, let me ask you something because I only saw the watch the first episode that you sent over. Is yeah. the does the quality stay the same through all thirteen episodes? Because it was unbelievably good. Like it yeah. was intro yeah. quality good, and and yes. by that I mean like if you think the GI Joe intro, especially post movie, right? That this second intro they created for GI right. Joe, you always yeah. want the, the the episodes themselves to be that level of quality. Yeah. Here with the Orbots, it actually freaking was. At least for the episode that I saw, does it maintain its quality throughout the, the next twelve episodes? Yes, it does. That it's funny you say that because I, I kind of was picking up on that again as well because that's sort of like the famous thing for all of those '80s shows, right? Like uh, the Thundercats yeah. opening, Thunder, Thundercats is a great Bionic example. Six, all yeah. those shows they had like amazing, Silver yeah, Silverhawks, amazing mm-hmm. opening credits, and then when you get into the show, it's not as good. But Mighty Orbots definitely had that same level throughout the internal episodes. And and one of the things about it was that it was directed by um, a, uh, a anime director. So one of the things about Mighty Orbots was that it was a co-production where it actually was taking, instead of taking like Voltron did, where it was taking the Japanese animation and just dubbing over it, this was like all original. So it had like a better quality than what you find with American animation at the time. Um, yeah, and it just like it carried through um, through yeah. the rest of the series. Literally, my, a- my first note is the animation is spectacular. That's my yeah. first note. Sorry, Zach, yeah. I cut you off. No, no, I was going to say, especially for an ABC uh, Saturday morning cartoon, because most most of the time those cartoons were, you know, decent, but not like over the top. It was it was the uh, the short lived like syndicated shows that had the better animation during the week, uh, but that's yeah I mean that's nice to hear that like through the entire series it looks that good it's it's such a shame that it that it died out so quickly um, like the toy line I think I, at some point I thought Super Seven had considered uh, like rebooting the toy line I think I thought they tried to get the rights I don't know maybe not but uh, that would I mean they could they could still reboot it now. Yeah, they could. Um, I think um, Warner Brothers owns the rights. I don't, you know, I don't know that they'll ever like reboot it unless somehow I 
get in there and I do it myself. <laughs> yeah, because um, at this point it feels very, you know, it feels derivative of Voltron. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if time-wise it came out, you know, before Voltron. But a lot of those shows had that. I mean, even the Transformers had the Constructicons. It just was a thing where oh, you, yeah. where you combine off. toys. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just that's how it was back then. I could I could understand why there wouldn't be that much uh, interest at first. But like when I was watching that episode, first off, I like the villain too the idea that he's on it's his hideout is on a planet that right. is so big that it actually surrounds a sun and that's actually kind of like current sci-fi concepts you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that's kind of ahead of its time back then and it was awesome awesomely designed too from when when i saw it you know the 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 villain's lair or planet whatever you want to call it i thought it was yeah. really well designed but I could get why it would just kind of fall away and you would think that this was just, you know, a Voltron ripoff or whatever, but watch the animation. That is what truly sets it apart from all the other stuff because that animation is unfreaking believable. Yes. When and for nineteen eighty four especially yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's like yeah. movie it's quality. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. Akira quality animation because and the difference is when at the be for that, that episode when they're flying through the asteroid field, it's like you know how, like, in, in Silverhawks or whatever, whenever they, they always have these cool, like, lighting effects on things that are metal, but they never yeah. do that in show? This yeah. actually did it in the entire show, you know? Yeah. It's like, holy crap. Yeah, the little details and the lines and, you know, the little speed lines when they're, like, then that same scene that you're talking about with the asteroids spinning around and little specks of dust and all that stuff that that you get from normal anime um you see in this uh, cartoon and um, yeah and i do i do remember that it i think it the ratings also weren't um spectacular enough to warrant fighting the uh, lawsuit um yeah. and i and i do remember like it did come on in that like really early morning zone of saturday morning cartoons where it was almost like that it was either that or like late late morning were like the dumping grounds for the the, the graveyard were, yeah yeah the, the, the fucking i'm dude the funny thing is my my the my cartoon that i'm going to talk about in a bit has the same problems as you it uh bad time slot you know a 6 a.m dumping zone yeah. and also a behind the scenes uh lawsuit happening as well so mm-hmm. <laughs> zach maybe yours has those too and we'll have a trifecta <laughs> it's got the it's got the bad time zone for sure i think the only thing playing at at the time Mighty Orbots was on was probably like Davy and Goliath. Yeah. So it was like either <laughs> watching Cloakie's uh, Latter-day Saints, you know, talking about, well, God said, Davy, Jesus is risen from the grave. I or you go over is. to Mighty Orbots. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it, in, and I was going to say too, in, in, the, in regards to the, an, uh, the quality of animation, it didn't go long enough to start deteriorating in quality like a G.I. Joe did, you know, where they had to make so many episodes and suddenly Beachhead's mask is off his face or, you know, uh, there's a Cobra girl missing her pants at one point And you're like, oh, wait, oops, they made a mistake there. You know, yeah. Torpedo's wearing an orange outfit instead of a gray one or something. You're like, what's going on? Uh. I, uh, yeah, this show's this show is badass. I, I, I watched the pilot or I watched the episode that you sent as well and didn't watch any more because I was like, well, I got to fit in this Corey show and I want to rewatch my show. And but I look forward to getting the DVD. There's probably a DVD out there, not a Blu-ray, but yeah, there's a DVD. I think it's it's really hard to find, um, but 
it's uh, it's definitely worth it. Like, and you know, like <laughs> you're talking about the theme songs again. That was like back then. That was what I I used to watch that show over and over again, and like just sing the theme song, and you know the parts of the episode where they would sing like extra verses. And I would remember, oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. Um, but it was actually the, the theme song. Actually, was the the writers were the same people that did uh, I think like Bionic Six, and I think they were the same writers oh, that did that one of my all time favorite theme songs, Shazam. Uh, oh, Gummy Bears. <laughs> no. Gummy oh bears. yes, yeah. Gummy yeah. bears bouncing here and there, everywhere. Yeah. High adventure <laughs> that's beyond compare. compare. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's my talk about a time. theme song that's better than the show itself. Oh, oh, that is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that I, I is a real hot take. <laughs> I haven't seen the show in in forever, but but to to Diallo's comment, I will put uh, the Gummy Bears theme song up there with Mask and uh, yeah. Jim. Those are probably some of my favorite openings. And with Ooh, Jim, I Jim. just used to always hear it uh, in the the um like it would always come on before GI Joe, so I would always catch the the ending credits of Jim. Oh, and yeah, I so never good. I never watched it, but I was always like. Yeah, this theme song's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> you know, and, and shout out, shout out to our our boy Fern because he took me to a uh, gem retrospective. Oh, cool! That's right, year, that's right. Years ago, and what's that? No, I said that's right. I remember when you guys went because I was like, oh man, I wish I could have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they had like a cover band doing all the music, and uh, and then they showed that like two or three of the best episodes. It's it's fantastic, but I will say on you that, mean on it's a, it's truly out. Outrageous. It's truly outrageous. <laughs> uh, on the TV show theme, I was going to say Jason the Wheel Warriors and Galaxy Rangers. Talk about an intro, too. Galaxy yeah, Galaxy and Rangers both, is a great one. Both yeah. great intros, but that Galaxy Rangers that no guts, no glory. Yeah. Wow. Silverhawks had a good one, too. The only Silver part of Hawks, Silverhawks yep. I didn't like was uh, when they say partly metal and partly real. And even as a kid, I was like, but metal's real. It's not like an abstract concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you know Mask has a, uh, a second verse that talks about vicious venom? I, I, I've heard it. It was either uh, like either us two dollar fee or blast from our past had an 80s intro i mean i can't keep track of all our podcasts now you know but like i remember somebody had it and then i was listening i was like wait a minute i don't remember that verse that's not right yeah it's good stuff it's it good is stuff. it's a that's a great intro though yeah for sure for sure um well I, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be coming back to uh theme songs in a little bit i think yeah uh, especially for yours <laughs> yes especially for, my, especially for yours Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. October 31st, 1981. It's the night of the party at Jerry's Arcade. It's the night all the kids have been waiting for. It's the night they have been waiting for. There's a new game at the arcade. It's killer. Polybius. From David Irons, the rider of Nightwaves, the real terror begins. Polybius. Available now from Severed Press. And now, back to the show. 
why don't we uh why don't we jump into uh Corey's pick oh you want to do mine of, okay okay if, if you're okay with that of course i am of course i am so okay what you got for us yeah buddy i am bringing to the table oh i want to get the the full proper name here and i want to talk about roughnecks the starship troopers chronicles and i have the complete campaigns uh box set here this cgi centered uh cartoon came out it was one season came out in 1999 but you know it goes to 2000 so that you know it's what it's dates are but um it was one season and they created it based on uh basically selling it to syndication um each episode not each episode each arc is five episodes a piece and it and, and each one is kind of like called a campaign so like the first five episodes are called the pluto campaign next five episodes are something else right and it's it has these really cool arcs and the idea was that they were going to every week so a, a five episode campaign so it'd be monday through friday they would have those episodes would go in order and then next week it would go in order again next week it go in order again right great idea great game plan poorly executed so the the it's the whole C, the whole cartoon is cgi it's 1990 cgi so it's not the best but you can tell it's very ambitious for the time yeah. and so the studio uh could not make the deadlines so like first off Bad news number one. Studio can't make the deadlines on the episodes, so the people airing the episodes, the different uh, stations and whatnot airing the episodes, now have to air them like sort of as they come in. So you'll get an episode from this campaign and then that campaign, and so it really turned people off viewership because they just couldn't kind of follow it. You know, it also got mostly dumped on the six a.m. time slot. Uh, they worked out a deal with Sci Fi Channel, and then they kind of didn't okay that with Sony. So then Sony started fighting with the sci-fi channel, all kinds of bullshit going on in, in the, the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, another thing that happened was like uh, one of the special effects company, you know, the people, there's different companies do different things on these shows. So like, you know, whenever you see explosions happen in a CGI show, that's usually one effects company just doing all the explosions. Well, one of them got fired, uh, like, like within the first, you know, few batches of shows. So boom, you're already under the gun. So, this series is just was set up to fail right at the get-go, you know? But when I was younger, uh, I didn't catch it on TV, but when it came out in 1999, I was working at the video store, and I was like, I always wanted to see it because I'd heard about it, but it was one of those shows where I was like, because, you know, it's a weird time, 1999. There's no internet, so you can't go, like, and, and look for it or watch a YouTube video or something. But it, it, it sort of fit into this little category of shows that I've, oh, I have always wanted to watch but never could because they're on too early. Like, uh, Diallo, I'm sure you'll remember this. Uh, do you remember the Phantom, like, 2099? Remember that cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. 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 That, yeah, and it was, was a cool show. Yeah, by the same guy who uh, designed um, Aeon Fox. A yeah, Aeon Fox, yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah. I remember, at least for me, where Great I show. was, part of the the it was another like Sunday at like 6 a.m. on a like like what the fuck like who the hell watches that you know so when when this when this roughnecks uh, when they finally put out the complete series on DVD I was like sure I'll, I just picked it up you know and I wound up just watching it at uh, the video store that I worked at and I fucking loved it now it doesn't it it ends on a cliffhanger so you know you know it was supposed to go further but what you get right here if you can 
look past the the rough CGI, <laughs> the rough neck CGI, if you can look <laughs> past it, there's some some gems in here. First off, you know, it, it doesn't happen frequently, but they don't shy away from having people get killed. Not usually yeah. like on camera, but you know, it, it might happen off camera or something, but it does happen, which is really cool. And and just the, the, I feel like the action is good in it. I love the designs of it. Um, unlike the movie, this is kind of like a merging of the movie and the the book. Whereas, unlike the movie, you actually see them uh, do let's see, like like the 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 mech suits. You actually get to see them. Uh, and I've read the book by the way, so you actually get to see them be cap troopers, uh, which means they get shot out of basically the ship that they're in. They get shot out of it, and as they're falling to Earth, pieces of their like outer shell armor break apart. So that way, uh, if there's any flacker something there that'll take the hit right so they even try to incorporate little things like that they have like little easter eggs and stuff but when i was re-watching it today what i remembered that i loved about it i just picked a random disc right like third or fourth one just popped it in first episode they're trying to like go down to the planet and 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 the on their drop ship, the the device that holds the ship to the main ship kind of malfunctions, so they can't break away. But they also can't stop the launch sequence, right? So there's there's an immediate problem they have to solve. And you know the the captain of the ships, you know, saying something. You tell everyone's on you know high alert. Everyone's trying to fit, and they finally fix it. Blah blah blah. And at, right when they're about to take off, everything's fine. The captain of that drop ship like takes off his helmet, leans to the side, and throws up. And I was like. That's yeah. that's freaking awesome. Like you never see like emotional responses like that no. in cartoons for kids. And then on top of it, like I said, you know, they, they don't shy away from killing people and obviously they don't shy away from killing bugs. And they really have a bunch of cool ass designed suits and weapons in this thing. It's clearly it's a very much inspired by Halo, which and Aliens Colonial Marines and Halo is already inspired by Colonial Marines, so it's like three steps away from Colonial Marines, but for me that still fits that niche that I like. And yeah, I I just enjoyed it. I think it's a it's a fun cartoon that, you know, it's it's trying to do something bigger, like trying to have like a bigger story happening, but I think Right from the get-go, it just, it was, you know, behind the eight ball with its ambition and with probably the lack of skill from some, some of the team that worked on it, I guess. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a solid, Corey, and actually um, say that it was more original than you. I think you're giving it credit for because it reminded me when I was watching um, some clips of it it reminded me of a show I know you love because we uh, started watching it years ago together, and that's Space Above and Beyond. Yes, yep, yeah. yep. And, oh, yeah, th and yeah. that show will absolutely show up on TV Obscura in the future. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So nice. It, when I, I mean, it, I just was like, blow, like I got the same exact vibe that that idea of the other side of uh, war, you know, mm -hmm. where the, the, it's not just the glory. It's like, like you said, the, the vomiting that part. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah, it was just, it was a lot more grounded and personal. So um, I think it actually, uh, th this show, just like a lot of the shows that we're talking about, I think that they were like a, ahead of their time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and this definitely was one in terms of like animation and storytelling. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think if they release this now, like on an HBO format or, you know, cartoon uh, Adult Swim, it would have found a much better audience. I, I just don't think it, it, it was it wasn't on at the right time for the right audience. And I remember watching it in 
is catching as many episodes as I could watch back in the day. I loved it. I was like captivated and I was an adult at that point. I was like, you know, floored by it and wanted to keep watching more and more. And I go to school talking to the kids when I was a teacher and like, Hey, have you guys, have you heard of this show? And they're like, what, <laughs> what, what is that? You know? And you're right about the halo influence. Uh, I, sh- I showed it to Bodie and he's like, I showed all the shows to Bodie, but this one in particular, the minute he, cause he's super in GI Joe, obviously. And the minute this started, he's like, Whoa, what is this? You know? And, and he did make a comment about the animation. He's like, uh, I forget what he exactly said, but it was something like, it's not very good. And I go, <laughs> yeah, it's, I said, do you have to understand? Like this was good back then. Yeah. Back then in 99, this was kind of a big, big deal. I remember when that final fantasy movie came out. Yes. Yeah. And and I was like, Oh, it, it reminded me of that in ways, you know, it's just that similar style. Like, look, this is the, it's for the time that it came out. It was really badass. You know, you look at the first toy story now and you're like, Oh man, They've come a long way. You brought I'd love up to see this get remastered. You brought up oh, um, no, you brought up uh, Final Fantasy, and yeah. that movie bankrupted that studio. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, did, that's, yeah. You know, so like it, like to do something like that then wasn't as easy as it is to do now. So yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's it it inhabited a really weird point in time, uh, kind of like Speed Racer. Like, I think that movie Speed Racer would have mm. done better if it was came out actually in 3D. If I remember correctly, it came mm-hmm. out like a couple of years before 3D just really got big before it phased away. And I think... Yeah. That movie's great. I, I, we, and all three of us love Speed Racer. Yeah. And it's I just one watched of those movies, it like a month ago. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's such a good movie. So but good. But I feel like this Roughnecks thing was the same thing where like... Nowadays, I think the smart choice is to go with CGI because I think you can do it uh, more cost effectively. Whereas this was originally slated to be 2D animated, but they, I think, I think the company pitched it and you know the the CGI. But I think that twofold. One, it was just like like ten years before you can really do CGI good on that budget. You just need a bigger budget for it to actually work. And then two, I think that they're just wasn't this idea that cartoons could also be like could be strictly for adults because this cartoon is clearly meant at like you know 13 14 15 age up like it's it's supposed to it's not for like little kids you know and i just think back then 99 i mean you know like like adult swim was i don't even know if it was around at the time so like the these ideas that like you know, adult uh, cartoons could literally specifically be for adults and still be successful if they just didn't have the platform for that at, at the time, I imagine. So and did you notice too some of the uh, the voice actors in the cast? Uh, yes, I did. Um, so the 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 two ones that I noted, if if you know any more, let me know. But the two that I noted um, were uh, Arlie Ermy, who played Sky Marshal Sanchez. He's not in oh, a, yeah. a lot, but the other one that I recognized right off the bat was uh, the character of Gossard was played by Bill Fagerbach, uh, who was oh, yeah. who's Dauber and Coach. But of course, everybody knows him as as. Uh, the starfish or whatever from from SpongeBob SquarePants, but he will always be Dauber to me. Yeah, I would never. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, people would be like, "Oh, Clancy Brown. Oh, yeah, that's Mr. Krabs or whatever." And like that, no, dude, that's that's the dude from Highlander. Yeah. Motherfucker, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't even heard of the other one you just said. I don't even know what you're talking about. He's uh, it's he's some the Krebs or Krabs or something. I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, but. Uh, E.G. Daly was the voice of Dizzy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
you know, better um, from Dottie from Pee Wee's Big Adventure and obviously Powerpuff Girls and huge voice actor. Yeah. Huge. And, uh, uh, D. Bradley Baker, I think, does some voices on it. And he's he's a huge uh, voice actor. He he did all the uh, the clones, all the different clones in in uh, the Clone Wars cartoons. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Nice. And you've, you've also got um, David DeLuise. One of the Deloise brothers. One of the, yeah, one of the Deloises. Whoa, all right. He's getting some of that, some of that it's, Deloise money. Yeah, it's in, I, the one thing I just want to oh. finish it off with. Um, oh, no, you got it. One more name. Get the hit, hit us with it. I was going to say one more name, and, and I, I, I just know him. I actually know him on a personal level in a weird way, but Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, he, Ryder Strong was the, was, was, uh, the buddy on Boy, yeah. Boy Meets World, right? What, I don't even know now what is. It's the name escapes me, but I used to watch that show incessantly back in the day. But yeah, he was um, uh, one of the tactician Carl Jenkins, I guess. I oh, uh, Carl Jenkins, that was who Neil Patrick Harris played in the movie. He's the psychic one. Um, but I, I will say the, the just, just, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's line. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love. Oh, that and, movie. and sorry, sorry. Clancy Brown was on this too. Yeah. Clancy Brown of Shawshank and Highlander mm-hmm. and, uh, and and many other Starship Troopers. Uh, he was in the Starship. movie as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but the cool thing is the 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 show does do neat things like um, in the book there are other alien races, uh, specifically another alien race called the Skinnies that they're also fighting as well as the insects. Um, and you actually see them in this, unlike, you know, the movie as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. But then little weird things like they change Razchek, how he spells his name and how he pronounces his name, which was Michael Ironside's character in, in the movie. And it's, it's spelled one way and it's pronounced like Razchek. And then here it's spelled a different way and it's pronounced like Razak just because I think they did it because so kids could could follow along and, and understand it because it's spelled weird in the movie and in the book. But and Paul Verhoeven executive yeah. produced this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. So, oh, uh, and then it's kind of neat too because of all these, like, it's funny because of all these different formats that Starship Troopers has now been in, including the live action movie and its sequels, the CGI, like the Japanese anime current CGI movies, and this one right here. All the, the the mobile infantry and all the tech and everything looks different. But the one consistent thing with all of these things is the bugs look exactly like Phil Tippett's design from the movie. So <laughs> that's the consistency throughout all of this is the arachnids. But yeah, so. and they're so cool looking. They're yeah, so they're cool. always cool. They're looking. very iconic uh, creature at designs. this point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I love it, man. I I think again both of these shows could re- be rebooted isn't starship troopers getting some sort of reboot or a, i don't I, I feel like that property is always like someone's always trying to do something with it but you know truth be told i would probably say that this show here and the first movie are my two favorite sort of things that you know have come out of starship troopers whatever you want to licensing i guess i'd be down yeah, to see a series like this um i wouldn't i don't think i would be into seeing a remake of a movie but the series gives it enough uh enough room so that you can like dive into the yeah. uh, the characters and get into more of the stuff that you're talking about that they uh, that they started to show yeah yeah i think it would be i think it would it would be it would work well in that arena yeah but uh, i don't know i don't know what kind of uh 
<laughs> kind of clout that that brand or franchise has these days, unfortunately. Come on, Sony. Come on, Sony. You put out such know. great I mean, stuff nowadays. I don't know because you have you? that. Like there, there's so many, there's so many uh, shows on now that again, I think pulled from Starship Troopers, um, and even you know, even to some extent, um, like Battlestar Galactica. Um, What's the uh, show that's on Amazon now? Um, the um, Expanse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like all those shows, like um, Starship Troopers was one of the first ones that did that more militaristic um, in space look. Uh, yeah. You know, aliens, obviously, um, from yeah. some years before. But, yeah, so I, I, I definitely, I think there's, there's a space for it. There's so much content out now like why not you know <laughs> i know i know i mean and, and that being said you know uh yours mine and zach's uh, i would say are all uh, uh worthy of of revisitation and reboots but uh we'll, we'll get to zach's when we get there oh yeah we but need yeah, to talk I, about zach's <laughs> yeah we, we do because we, we got we'll have to there's definitely overarching themes to all of this <laughs> <laughs> zach you want to you want to take us down this road baby <laughs> sure sure so uh Jumping into mine, it, it mine's also an obscure show uh, that surprisingly lasted two seasons. Obscure here in the United States, but if we went back to France in 1985, everybody, every little kid there would be going, "Oh, I love that show! I love that show!" <laughs> I love that show. I'm a Francophile. Um, I'm speaking about the 1985, originally in France. It, it aired here in 87. No, it aired here in 86 uh, on Nickelodeon in the early, early, early mornings. I'm talking about Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea, originally titled in France. And I'm going to bastardize this uh, <laughs> title. I'm sorry. I apologize to our all our French fans. Um, it's Le Monde Englouti. Which translates to the engulfed worlds, mm. and it, yeah, it was a French series created by a woman named Nina Wolmark. It lasted for uh, fifty-two episodes, two seasons, um, and it got dubbed in English and then aired over here in the United States uh, on Nickelodeon from eighty-six and eighty-seven. And then it was shown on like Sunday mornings and it was really in the beginning stages of Nickelodeon when Nickelodeon had like, you can't do that on television. Double Dare was the only game show they had on at the time. Wasn't Danger um, Mouse on Nickelodeon? Danger Mouse was on yeah. there. Banana Man, Super Ted, a lot of British shows. I, Diallo and I talked about this off air uh, the other day that maybe it could possibly Nickelodeon started out as a Canadian broad, uh, channel, perhaps? I think, I, I, think it, I think it was Canadian at first, yeah. Okay, it makes sense, because a lot of the programming was, was either, like, well, I mean, this being French, uh, but a lot of programming was Canadian. But this show, this show holds a real, like, deep-rooted place in my heart. Um, the, the basic premise is these two kids fall into a crack in the earth and, and deep into the middle of earth, uh, where there's a an entire living species down there, and there is this uh, sun goddess Terra who's dying, and and or, uh, Terra the sun is dying, and the kids have to basically save the sun in the center of the earth. 
uh, and they're joined by this warrior guy named Spartacus. And along the way, they encounter all sorts of wacky characters. There's reoccurring pirates that they have to deal with, and the pirates are really silly, uh, a lot of one-liners. And that part of the show was always kind of annoying to me because they were stupid-looking and annoying. (laughs) That's how I felt as a kid. I still kind of feel that way as an adult. But then they would go on these trippy adventures. Like the the land that they that they live in uh, is is really just expansive. And I feel like there's a whole universe that they wanted to go deeper with. But obviously this was like, you know, short-lived series. And they kind of cr- – they did what they could with the time. Uh, and Spartacus had all these cool gadgets. And they flew around this cool-looking ship. And they had these little animals that came with them as well. Um, one episode that stood out to me specifically was they encountered in middle in the like middle earth was these, uh, Chinese warriors that this guy would, they were deceased warriors that he'd bring back to life as, as stone soldiers. And then in the end of the episode, they all get like crumbled. They fall down a a cliff and just break apart. And you're realizing, well, these are like people that were brought back to life and then they all died as these statue warriors. Um, I mean, I loved it. I loved it as a kid. I think at times I might have mentioned it to Corey. And like, if you want to really, you got to get high first before you watch this show. <laughs> I'm so like glad you said that. High. And because this show definitely need you need to be inebriated or intoxicated to an extent to fully enjoy it as an adult. As a kid, it just tripped me out. Um, well, first off, first of all, <laughs> I watched it sober. Damn, but I can I, I can you. see I can through my uh, stone stoner eyes I can I can see what you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, well yeah, I mean, and, when I watched it I that was the first thing that popped into my head was like <laughs> wow you need to be high to really watch this but i just watched the pilot i don't know what yeah, the i that was the, the one i watched it. too yeah. I, I, whatever oh, it gets progressively over. it gets progressively more bizarre oh. and that, that you can find so the show um is online in bits and pieces on youtube they were supposed to be in a u.s release at one point they were going to option this uh the french version to make a movie i think warner brothers actually had the rights to it and then they lost the rights which is a bummer um but the theme song is also another thing that stands out. The theme song is by the pop band Menudo, <laughs> who in mid '80s were on fire. Oh yeah. So so my wife was. I was watching on my phone, and uh, she could hear it and everything. She she goes, "Is that Zach's pick?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, no, I, I can tell because it was the music, it was the intro music." She goes, "That sounds like Zach's uh, style," and it's funny now because I'm sure you guys could tell, like at this point, because we're all friends, we, we've known each other for freaking ever. So you can at this point, it's like, "Yeah, Orbots." Yep, I can see why that's Diallo's pick. Uh, this one, Spartacus, I can see why it's Zach's pick. And I'm sure Roughnecks, I'm sure you're like, "Yep, that's a Corey pick right there." And I. But I will say, dude, it's a silly show, but you always have me on Hollow Earth. If if, if something is a Hollow Earth yeah. scenario, yeah. it's it's already out of 10. It's already base level of six. So it can't get any worse than a six for me because it's just like it's it's base level. I fucking love Hollow Earth shit. Um, but I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was fun. I actually not going to lie to you. Maybe this is residual stonerness, but I kind of like the pirates. I was like kind of giggling along with it. Of 
of all three of the shows, this is the one I felt the most kid-like when I was watching it and kind of, you know, just try to get myself into that mindset and everything. And I thought that the, the little pirates were kind of funny. I was like, they're kind of silly. Um, and they're silly, yeah. It didn't hurt that, like, I think one of the pirates' name is Sleaze Appeal, and then the <laughs> other one is, like, Mass Media. It's, it's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever fucking seen. But, uh, I mean, the animation, it's weird because some, some characters are designed well, but then other characters are designed like they're from a totally different show, like the, the yeah. pirates versus cool. the, the people. And I was definitely getting Pirates of Dark Water uh, vibes from this. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Pirates of Dark Water, people who created that, saw oh, this yeah. and was like, let me, you know, go in that direction. Totally. I had a lot of questions when I watched this one. Um, but, like, uh, for what you were just talking about, Corey, um, the animation seemed to jump back and forth in it. it and I was wondering if, if Zach, I don't know if you know, um, as I, because as I was watching it, was it one of those kind of shows where they um, did original um, animation that they lobbed in to make it more kiddified? Um, for the American audience, or was it like just because, like, I don't know if you, you've ever you've seen like Battle of the Planets, G Force, Gat yeah. like they there's in Battle of the Planets, there's whole segments where they added like this robot seven Zark seven, where to make it more palatable for um, a, a kid audience, and I really was getting that vibe um, with the crazy. Uh, what, what they, they were pirates. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, the, so the pirates. It's funny because you brought up the names, Corey. They 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 changed the names in every version of this, and there's like there's like four or five different versions. There's a Japanese version, Hungarian version, different uh, dubbing, uh, right? And I think if 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 you look up the backstory of the characters, they're very expansive. And I'm wondering if the creator had originally intended this to be more of an adult oriented series in France, but then realized for a kid market, she's got to make these more kid friendly, wacky characters for it to be a little more palatable. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, that was sort of the thing because when I was watching it, like the parts that really pulled me in were the, were the Spartacus scenes and it's yes. and I was like I was really into it. I was like, oh yeah, this is a show I totally could see myself watching. Um, but then when they went to those other elements, I, and they and they kind of went and there was like a weird cut. Um, I can't remember exactly the point, but it was like all the um, the dur, 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 <laughs> that whole yeah. thing going on, and then it just it made it made this really weird cut to Spartacus, and he was just like, and that was that, and it was just it didn't seem. <laughs> Like it was all together, so I, I was just wondering if they added that stuff in to make it more for kids, um, because the other parts, like Corey said, like the the Hollow Earth and the the whole concept yeah. and the way, like the the backstory of it, I like I was really pulled into that part, and um, yeah, you know, I, I was it, like, it, oh it, yeah, I could totally see myself getting into this if I had seen it back when it was. Yeah, on. I love I, I love that they they have this idea. Like Arcadia is the the warrior princess who kind of goes along with the two kids. The kids are uh, Matt and Rebecca who look, they're supposed to be brother and sister. They don't look anything <laughs> like brother and sister, but whatever. Uh, hey, whatever. Maybe they're adopted. Um, and, and, and she, and they're like on this quest to save Tara, which is the dying, you know, son. And, and it, as a kid watching this, there's also um, moments where it's very quiet 
throughout the episode and, and there's very minimalist things going on. And I love that as a kid because we are so hit over the head with like big explosions and constantly, you know, especially in 86 and 87 with all the stuff that was coming out. And this reminded me of more of an, like a, like a, a very artsy cartoon. And, and as far as world building is concerned as a kid, like I made my own little figure, my own Spartacus figure and thought, man, this would make a really cool, I wish this was more popular. And I go to school yet again, bringing up an obscure thing to my friends and they're like, what's wrong with you? And then get shit for it and get bullied about it. And then I would keep my mouth shut and like, Oh, fine. Yeah. Okay, fine. I watch whatever you guys watch. I'll just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll go watch GI Joe and everything. Yeah, I mean, I look, I love GI Joe, but they're like, okay, yeah. all that stuff's stupid. Well, you should be watching baseball. I'm like, okay, Zach, I, I can. You, Zach, you pulled up something so obscure. We talked about it too. When, when you dropped it, I was like, I had never even heard of this before. Like I'm sure I guarantee you Nickelodeon people don't even know about this yeah, show. I've like, only heard about it through Zach, so that yeah. that's where I know about it. <laughs> I from. had never it had never like until you brought it up, it never even like and I it, it, for me that's like a big deal. <laughs> I know, and it's like, because of the same way, you know, uh, we're, we're similar, Diallo. I mean, we're both nerds to our core, so you would think somewhere along the line an image of this would come past me. I mean, I barely recognized the Orbots, but then I saw the one Orbot who, like, eats things or whatever, yeah. the guy that can get, and I was like, I kind of recognize him. Like, I feel like I've seen that dude somewhere. We're so, like, you know, like, something yeah. had to have crossed my path. Spartacus. Zero, Zach. Zero. Never Zero. once heard of it. Zero. I love it though. I love that. I, at this stage of the game, yeah, you know, where I don't, where, where I'm like proud about the things that people have never heard about. This is so, you know, I wear like a badge of honor. Yeah. Uh, it and again, yeah, you're you're right. It's like, yeah, the pirates, they are kind of cute and silly. Um, I could see this. This the visuals kind of creeping kids out at at the time mm-hmm. back in the day, like well, young kids. Well, the, yeah. the the weird thing was that the pirates were. They didn't even look like the same species as the people. There was no, no right. like consistency to like a, a style. Very inconsistent. Yeah, and I was like, okay, are they supposed to be? So first off, I, I like Diallo. I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> I, and I watched the intro. I guess I just didn't understand. Is the Earth above still normal? Right? Like they're trying. Yes. The kids are trying to get home. Well, at first they're trying to get home. Now they're on sort of this task to to save things. So it's like Land of the Lost, where where they're they're still. It's yeah. It's not like Thundar, where there's an apocalypse. There's actually normal shit above so so that means that so everything you see everything you see even if it looks sunny out is still inside the earth right yes yes okay so these pirate things these guys so i guess you could say that they're almost just different species of people they look so different you know and i think ultimately I probably would prefer a show that was more Thundar-esque and in and, and that, like, thematic, like, where it's more serious and everything and that Spartacus, because I like the style of them. I like their little boat that they're in, their little submarine thingy. I like yeah. the whole quest thingy. The pirates were, you know, they were shocking in how different tonally they were for the rest of it. But I, you know, just, to, just but I did, like, just turn off my brain. I was like, you know what? Let me just turn off my brain and see if I can just kind of flow with this and i had it you know i was like okay i had a good time with it 
kid. I enjoyed them. I was giggling. I think I thought they were funny. But ultimately, I would rather them be in their own show, like something almost like they had so much personality that I was like, they should just have their own. These these little pirates guys, they should just have their own damn show and let Spartacus go do his thing and be a little bit more serious and whatnot. But uh, I think ultimately that's what I would want to see. But I still had fun with what was there, I'd say. Yeah, it's cool. I think if you if you dig a little deeper, you can find most of the episodes online. Um, that, and, and they don't always feature these silly pirates. And like I said, the, the one episode, I forget what it's called, uh, but the one where like the Chinese warrior and they they would every now and then throw a little bit of realistic history in there a la doctor who to show hey it's an educational show for kids right yeah. you know um it they, they did throw some cool little fun facts in there every every now and then some episodes were obviously darker than others it didn't have a conclusion because it just it ran short um i think it, it they probably envisioned it for go to go on longer but uh, so I would have liked to have seen a conclusion and I would totally love to see this be redone in a much more serious way. Shit, if you want to do live action, that's fine, but keep it as a cartoon as well. I think all three of these could, you know, have some sort of component. This, I think, of the three could easily be redone and and smartened up, if you will. Yeah. Because I think this show, like as an adult, if you watch it, buzzed or stoned and be like oh yeah i love this show and but if you'd like if you watch it flat out like looking for you know straight up entertainment sober if you're not a fan of just like obscure animation uh which is what this definitely is i i look at this animation I'm like i don't even know where this is rooted it's just feel feel you know how you look at mighty orbots you're like oh that's purely like totally japanese anime or Roughnecks, it's like the birth of CGI. And you look at this and you go, I don't even know what template they were using. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a little bit of Mr. Magoo meets... Uh... Yeah, well, I, it, did I, have, it did have a lot Fantastic of... Like, do you remember the, the... What's the company called? Deke? They Deke, did, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, it had, it had that flavor to it, but a lot less... It was a lot less sharp. If that yes. makes any sense, um, no. I, yeah, which I, I th- yeah, I know what you mean. I understand. Which that. I think adds to the trippy dreamlikeness to it. Yeah, and uh, and of course, you know, the theme song. I think the theme song is what stands out to me, because if you go online, people have covered it like, oh, wow. live, and there's a guy named Pathfinder who does like a rock version of it. You know, but the <laughs> the the lyrics are so good, like shine like a sun that lies beneath the sea. Don't we all want to shine like a sun that lies beneath the sea? <laughs> Divine is the one we call Terra. It's so good. I so did good. when I when it was coming on, I did go, man, if I had watched this back in the eighties, I would be singing this theme song today. <laughs> we I, I, was, sing it with I actually I, I wanted to just like to rehearse it so it could be a part of my repertoire. It, like I liked it that much. So. I think you need to make it a part of your repertoire. Yeah, I definitely do. Bodie knows the song very well. Now, oh, he actually. does. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. I'll, I have a. I have to sing it with him. But yeah, it was a, a three-part harmony, dude. Definitely, I dug that. I dug it a lot. Hey, everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, 
And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. La la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right, it's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Now, d- dare I say they did reboot this, and it was called Atlantis, the Disney movie? <laughs> oh, but no Spartacus in that, you know? <laughs> no. Spartacus is a badass warrior, by the way. Like, he looks very, um, he looks like very, like an Aztec. Yeah. And, it's, oh, this came out around the same time, like, there was an Aztec City of Lost Gold, I think, was a, it was a Japanese anime oh, show. I remember as that, well. yeah. It, uh, that, that was, I think it was paired with that. On, on Nickelodeon on in the mornings, and this was on at like five thirty or six o'clock in the morning. Well, even on Nickelodeon, like too, like because I, I remember back in the day, Nickelodeon was where you know I watched. Like I said, I watched Danger Mouse. That was kind of how oh, I so even good. you know found Danger Mouse was through that. And to this day, I, I still love Danger Mouse. And I do think that my experience with danger mouse helped me with this because yeah like that european animation style is definitely different than the u.s or the japanese animation style and it, it can be a little bit off-putting at first if you're not used to it so yeah. i definitely was like okay i kind of like leaned back into my danger mouse days and then uh, oh man nick at night oh, i used to love that watching mr yeah. ed with my grandpa <laughs> watching uh, hogan's heroes and shit like that yeah. uh, oh man nick at night was the well, best I will say really quick on the Spartacus tip, uh, this had a huge following over in France, obviously, and they, they, they had a toy line. And if you if you go because I did a deep dive years ago looking for merch related to it, if you go looking for stuff, they had this was as popular as the Flintstones over here. You yeah. Know? They had every kind of doll you can think of. Well, I would. Uh, I don't think the Flintstones were canceled after two seasons, so. No, no, no. I'm saying like, <laughs> what I'm saying over that merchandise. Oh, merchandise wise, you know, like the merch was crazy. The the a comparable uh, sci-fi show over here at the time, you know, and and the merch was crazy. Uh, the figures, mugs, books. I have a couple of the comic books still, actually. Um, it was basically just the the TV episode in a comic book form. Yeah. 
And it I, is a sci-fi story, just uh, but it doesn't always feel like it. It's it's interesting. It feels old, but it's still sci-fi. Sorry, cut yeah. you off, Diallo. Oh no, I was just gonna say, I, uh, you know, going back to like if you were to reboot it, I I definitely could see this being a live action. Mm-hmm. It, you don't, you would not use the same tone with the uh, <laughs> with those no. pirates. Um, no. But you could you could make a more straight version, a more dramatic version. Um, you can do a little trip. You get like maybe get a little uh, farscapey or something. But I was yeah. thinking because it is French. Um, you know, if you call some of your people and get Luc Besson on the line, um, you know he. You could definitely get that whole like fifth element kind of vibe in there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, you you just nailed. I think you nailed it right there because Luc Besson will have these just. He'll take a very like serious tone and then suddenly have a really random silly character and you're like wait what are you doing yeah dude there you go yeah exactly there's your pirate exactly in in human form (laughs) so so i guess well i guess that that's a good point right i guess it's it's like storytelling sensibilities like for example you know i always tell my wife i'm just not the biggest fan of anime and it's not because i don't like the animation i actually love the animation it's just the the style of storytelling is is not something that i'm used to it can be a little bit slower you know like i freaking tried to watch attack on titan season one and there's like an episode a 20 minute episode that literally takes place in like the span of like one minute on the actual timeline of the show and i'm like we, we need to move a little bit quicker here guys you know like this, it just has to happen and but and, and for example like diallo you gave me cowboy bebop the series on dvd like yeah. years ago yeah and I, I i've been mean i've been wanting to tell you this so my wife and i we we've been just kind of chipping away at it um in the bedroom while we, before we go to bed and watch it you know an episode or something and it's amazing it really is but yeah. for some reason it just it, it won't like force me to like you know burn through it i don't know why there's some sort of disconnect from me with anime but buddy so we watched it's like five or six discs on there or something and yeah. i had uh i watched like the first three episodes because each disc has like four episodes i watched the the first three on the first disc then like a month or two went by i was high as fuck popped the <laughs> unbeknownst to me unbeknownst to me popped the last disc out oh, put wow. that in jumped to the fourth episode of that disc and yeah. watched the finale and oh, no understanding what the fuck was happening <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually had this. I had a similar. I mean, I wasn't high, um, and I didn't watch the last episode um, first, but I did have a similar experience with that. It, it, it I had to watch a few before I really kind of got it, and once that wasn't until sixth or seventh episode, and really all the characters don't really like show up together until like seventh or eighth or ninth episode yeah. so um but, but i definitely but to like, see that yeah but but to like like pull it back into spartacus i think that they're like in, in luke Besson, i think that there is you know th- there's a, a french cinematic storytelling is different than ours so i i think sometimes oh, yeah. that can create a little bit of a disconnect but once you get past that you know it's it's you know, it's it's all fine, but I do think sometimes those are those are hard barriers uh, when you're not used to it, especially when you're younger. Although I I could see how it could go the other way when you're like, oh, I'm not used to it, so I'm thrilled by it. You know, but I think I think I'm the kind of person that likes familiarity a lot, so I kind of get a little bit turned off sometimes by that. 
what well, you just you just reminded me of one of my favorite French new wave films called Diva, which has that tone to it where there's like a, 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 a random character, not a random character, but one of the main characters and just starts acting super wacky and silly. And you're like, wait, this doesn't flow with the continuity of the rest of the movie. But I kind of like it like it's kind of working for me. So, yeah, the the pirates, I think if it was geared to maybe the the intelligence factor they're thinking with kids they're like ah they're not going to care they're kids you know um i think if you made this a little bit smarter made a little bit tighter i still love it dude yeah. i still put it on now and i still sometimes i'll just turn the volume off and just look at the visuals cuz i just i don't know it's it's it you're right diallo like it's not polished animation but it's just different animation. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, there's something about it that makes me go, man, I'm glad that there's a show like this that exists in the stratosphere where you go, it's just different enough to garner interest, yeah. you know? And, and I, like shit, I was drawn landscapes of Spartacus when I was 10 years old at, in, in, at school and kids were like, what are you drawing? And, Dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> Another great theme song, by the way. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Anyways, we could be doing theme songs all night. Yeah, um, it, yeah we definitely it definitely, like, again, I, when I watched the pilot, it definitely gave me this feeling of, like, oh, there, I felt like there was so much more um, in the world that I, I kind of wanted to know about and mm -hmm. so it, like it, it won in that in that way for me and again spartacus the little crew on the ship i definitely resonated with them like right away it just for me it wasn't it just felt like there were these odd cuts away from that and like oh yeah. totally um but um i definitely wanted to know more so it, and you know the theme song i'm gonna i'm gonna practice it for the rest of the week <laughs> you better <laughs> and and the narration the two the, the the guy who does like the intro and it's very muffled and it's yeah. it's it's very silly cuz he's it's clearly you know a bad dub job which i think actually kind of adds to the nostalgia factor for me cuz i'm like oh yeah i remember when things were just kind of rushed and <laughs> i miss that it's funny <laughs> that you bring that up too because i was the 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 narration um, cuz when i was watching it because I remember, like watching Mighty Orbots, there was like a narrator for the pilot, anyways, just kind of telling you what was going along, and then that took me back to watching like Robotech, and they, and they like yeah. that narrator did the yeah. same thing, and I guess that was like a, a thing for the for those dub shows in the eighties, I guess. Even <laughs> so. if it didn't make sense, you know, yeah. th th I think this was this there the this is a little bit more poetic in the sense that it's like. It's all over the place, and you're like, just go with it, man. Just, just go. go with I, it. I think I think you need the needed the narrator in Robotech because it was a hodgepodge of multiple different kind of shows. So yeah. they probably needed uh, uh, someone to to cohesively kind of bring it together for the audience. Um, whereas this was, you know, produced all sort of like at once and not put together in in you know piecemeal or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, of all of them, of all of the three that we're we're doing. I think that the best reboot would be Spartacus because um, I do think that there's a lot of interesting stuff there to mine and go down. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun to reboot that one. I honestly I wouldn't want an Orbots reboot because I would be afraid that the animation would, would take a hit. And, and I think 13 episodes of intro 
quality animation is unbelievable to me. So I definitely want to go back and watch actually more Mighty Orbots. Um, I do want to watch more Spartacus as well, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it, the, you know, I think a little bit has a, a it's, there's a bit of a disconnect there for me as well too. But you know what? Never, not sure. Maybe if I get high and, and watch it or something, you know, watch it. High. Yeah, I watch, watch it. High. High. I'll check it out. You know, <laughs> but I think, I do think Spartacus would be the best reboot of all of them because there's there is a lot they put a, they packed a lot of mythos into like this concept like you know for i mean you're dealing with with hollow earth then you're dealing with like a sun at the end middle of the earth and then you're dealing with a deity it's like wow there, there's a lot of stuff there that can really be expanded upon and i'm sure they did you know expand upon a lot of it but there's a lot of interesting concepts there that actually like you know i mean we're all old now. All three of us were technically we're, we're like middle aged and like we've been all into sci fi for a while. And you know that there are sci fi themes that kind of like fall out of favor that, you know, that just aren't hip anymore. Everything in Spartacus, aside from the, the zaniness of the pirates and whatnot, I think everything in Spartacus actually feels freaking 2020 like the hollow earth stuff and everything it all feels like pretty fucking modern which is which is impressive for something that came out so long ago yeah no i totally agree totally agree and you know i was gonna say i was trying to draw some some connections between all three and for some reason you kept bringing up 13 episodes and i'm like 13 rough no, nah, thirteen inches is a hard load to handle. I was just like, that's <laughs> <laughs> boogie nights. It always goes like, back uh, to boogie nights with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> always got to go back to boogie. <laughs> that's just not sexy, Zach. <laughs> just not sexy, Jack. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, you know, speaking about, <clears throat> and then go back to being about kids' cartoons. Um, that's really terrible segue. I just love that we the diversity between all three of these. Mm-hmm. You know, there's three completely different shows that deal with a level of science fiction and it's all over the map. So it's a little bit for everybody. It's, it's a, uh, it's a buffet uh, at what is it? Soup plantation. Is that place? <laughs> I don't know, they're not open anymore. Oh, you could have just said a cornucopia or a potpourri. There you <laughs> had to go with the, the soup plantation. Soup plantation. What a racist name, by the way. Oh, welcome to the soup plantation. Uh, and then uh, in the Bay Area, it was called Fresh Choice. Uh, yeah, Fresh no, Choice. I definitely remember. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, guys, this was the, a great uh, episode of just like major obscura for our second for our second obscura episode this is definitely obscura to the max yeah uh and diallo you brought your a-game brother thanks man thanks you know i've been uh (laughs) felt like i've been training for this my entire life (laughs) (laughs) but judging by those bulging biceps i can tell well well the cool thing is we we probably should have uh, mentioned at the beginning we kind of you know, tailored, not tailored specifically, but like, you know, I kind of waited to see what you, which route you were going to go with Diallo. I thought, you mm-hmm. know, you were going to do Shazam. And if they, if so, I was going to do something else. Uh-huh. Um, I think I was going to do Misfits of Science if you did Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm glad we went with the, the cartoon route. I think, like Zach just said, it's really freaking cool to see all three of our, our just like what we latch on to, what we like. Like I said earlier, like, 
I totally see why Orbots is a Diallo thing. You know, it's it's got that the, those bright colors. It's got kind of like that that little bit of a of a of a not a kitty vibe. I don't want to say that that because that makes it sound like it's silly and stupid. It just has yeah. more of an it has an innocent vibe to it. You know, I that's what I embrace when I'm like with my ears project. I mean, I literally yeah. I'm like kitty kitty. So that's there's that's not a bad word for me. Yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's funny because it's like yeah, that's totally a Diallo pick there and then Spartacus is totally a Zach pick and I'm so freaking happy that I watched both of them I'm I and like I said I enjoyed Spartacus I, I don't think like I don't think like overall it's it's you know it, it has its problems obviously and I think with Spartacus you have to be in the right mindset but I think if you are I think it's a, it's a very entertaining show but uh so is Orbots Orbots especially for for the animation specifically again can I, I mean, just my first note is the animation is spectacular. Like I thought this was yeah. like the intro and then it just like, it keeps it going. Just kept going. Like, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> just like, is this going. whole, is this 22 minutes of an intro? This is amazing. <laughs> and then uh, I, I did it. I do enjoy Starship Troopers. I, I do. It's, it's rough. It's roughnecks. It's, it's rough. hard to, to get past that, that barrier of just very, bad and you know i mean like we we talked about bad cgi with photon in our first episodes of uh tv obscura but this is like this is an entire show with cgi that has to be carried you know they, they have to make facial expressions and it just it it just looks like a ps1 game i mean it's all like it's all you can say it looks like a freaking <laughs> ps1 game but well, hey, um, i i still love i still love playing resident evil back in yeah. the day even if the animation sucks yeah, so me too. whatever it's all good yeah so, so is, sometimes the yeah. animation it, it, sometimes you don't need it to be awesome for for to have a a great story so i i liked yeah. honestly i like all three of them for different reasons i think the animation for roughnecks is Better than Toy Story One's Andy. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably, yeah. You're right. You're actually right. That. That is creepy, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective, right? <laughs> that, shit, that shit's still creepy to this day. I remember watching Toy Story One not that long ago, and I was like, he's creepy looking. That would give me a nightmare. So Roughnecks wouldn't. Roughnecks would just be like, yeah, well, one they of the, deserve better. One of the videos that I was watching about Roughnecks, um, you know, they, they actually, because there's a lot of criticism that the animation isn't as good, but they actually um, reminded the viewers that, was it Transformers Beast Wars mm. came on at the same time? And if you look at the animation from that, it looks terrible <laughs> compared yeah, it really does. to Rough I, I love And I love that show. Yeah. I love that show. Right. But you're right. And in fact, I just saw a promo for it on one of the... Uh, well, shit, I'm watching the 89 G.I. Joe series right now by Deke. Oh, wow. Uh, which is it's it's god awful i mean it's Bodie likes it but i'm just like the gi oh, joe extreme is... that that one or no this is the one that takes place right after the movie okay mm. and so they bring they bring cobra commander back it's how he gets his new like the white mech yeah. uniform or i whatever. had that toy that that metal yeah that armored I did too. yeah yeah and you know like look it it it, it definitely has potential and the storyline initially was pretty decent but all the characters they're not fleshed out like the original series. Mm. He really misses a major beat. But I will say the whole reason I bring that up is like, you know, people Transformers is such a heralded show uh, universe as it should be. But and Beast Wars had a great story. But the animation, come on. Like there, there was a promo on there and, and I'm like, oh, this is 
for the time, I think people were like, whoa, this is cool. And now you're like, whoa, this is not so cool. And to Diallo's point, yeah, yeah Beast, Beast Wars, oof, I, I never liked the, the animation there. But here, they, they even though, like, like it, you know, the textures aren't great or, or you know, sometimes things aren't just as, as pretty as you want them to be. They still try to do cool things. Like, like it, I, I watched an episode where Radchek has to, like, rescue two guys, and he's got, like, this flying contraption. And, you know, they don't just, like, jump on and hold on. They, have, like, hook, like, they, they put hooks onto their armor. It's like they always try to make it realistic, even if they yeah. can't like do it correctly they always try and then i saw a thing where like they they fire a missile from like one of their jet skis the missile kind of like drops for a second then you know takes off like a missile should where it's like you're so used to these kid cartoons where the missile just shoots straight out of of the of the the rocket thing you know whereas here it's it it, it always tries to be realistic even if it can't even if the animation team can't quite pull it off you know yeah yeah so i mean look i think shortcomings or shortcomings it's you got to take it with a grain of salt and uh it, it, these are all fun three fun picks three fun picks yeah. <laughs> three fun picks can, can i really quick throw out a, a modern uh animation show that i'm enjoying and say uh uh the war for cybertron on netflix is fucking awesome by the way have you guys seen that yet all yet i, I, I watched the first two episodes i watched part of the first episode the the first episode is is a little it gets better past the first episode. I had a little bit of a uh, like kind of like wonkiness uh-huh. to it, but I love how it it's all a prequel to Gen One, like and so it's all the Transformers yeah. that we like, you know. Yeah. Okay. I will say I will say one thing, and I really enjoy it too. I like it. One thing I wish it had as a fanboy is a Vince DiCola, uh soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just recycle the original soundtrack from the movie. Throw yeah. it in there. Why not? It would just, it would, it would, the nerd factor for me would just like skyrocket through the roof. Yeah, well, the music so is so important too. So it, it definitely, and you know, like um, the first Star Wars prequel um, didn't have a lot of those familiar Star Wars musical cues. And I, yeah. besides it being a terrible movie, <laughs> I think that was part of why it didn't resonate as much. But if you watch the next movie, there are a lot more Star Wars cues that we're familiar with. They pulled in, and that it's makes better too. Yeah, it makes it better. So the music never, like, never underestimate the power of that, especially for those like more like iconic, um, um, those like, iconic tones and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of menudo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then I found out that menudo is like a soup in Mexico, and I was like, ooh, but with like pig's feet or something in it. And you know? while, while we're on in, uh, uh, intro music, oh boy, the Starship Troopers intro music is terrible it has a terrible (laughs) intro to the point where the best thing that they did was combine all five episodes into like one hour and a half movie each chunk because so you don't have to fucking listen to that intro every single time like by the second (laughs) chunk that i wanted to watch like i I didn't watch i kind of like watched an episode and even though it would have kept going i kind of stopped it but like even the second time that I watched it, I fast forward through that fucking intro music because it is terrible. I, Orbots and Spartacus definitely win in that category. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what wins? You know what wins is this conversation. That's right. And uh, <laughs> speaking of winning, winning, 
Um, oh, yeah. Why don't we uh, wrap it up by sharing where we can find each other online? Diallo, where can we find you in the stratosphere? You can find me on uh, Instagram at the Armageddon. The second E is a three, <laughs> the Armageddon. Um, and uh, I have an author's page on Facebook, A Diallo Jackson, that I'm trying to post more stuff on. Um, and um, also, uh, I have a comic book, Angela and the Dark. Uh, that Instagram is literally Angela and the Dark, and uh, that we also have a Facebook page there. And I'm banned on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good because we're not, or I'm not even on Twitter. I've never even been on Twitter. And oh no, you you're on Twitter. You know that because when I whenever I try to when I tag something on Twitter and like on my personal page, uh, it'll come up my porno life ah, on. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. it'll be like, Zach had notes for Bodie <laughs> at Porno Life. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe I should log in once or something. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, you don't, you're, not, you're not at My Porno Life on Twitter anymore, Corey, but no. where, where are you in the world? <laughs> man, that was, it's like, that's like when Ben Kenobi talks about Obi-Wan. He's like, man, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and that was me, by the way. That's not someone else. That was me at one point on Twitter. Um, yeah. So, anyways, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me on Cartwright Seinfeld podcast, talking with our pal Adam every week about Seinfeld. And uh, yeah, you know, here and there. And by the way, I will, of course, put all of Diallo's uh, links in our show notes. So please, please, please make sure you go check out all of that. Go check out his comic book. Go check out his pages and stuff like that. I'll put everything in there. And uh, while you're there, check out what Zach's doing, buddy boy. What uh, what are you doing these days? Buddy boy, buddy boy. You can find me at ZachSchaferVO.com. Hey. Um, that's got links to everything that I do nowadays. But uh, on Instagram, you can find me besides the, the pad universe that I love so near and dear. I'm also at $2 Late Fee, which is an 80s retro podcast. Uh, we talk movies and specifically soundtracks, and we interview people from those movies typically um and but this is an odd month we're doing a weird kind of slightly different programming we've got uh, an interview with ed asner living legend speaking of cartoon voices uh one of the vil- main villains on captain planet uh also he's actually been in a ton of animation on tv uh ed he was asner, on a batman we- the animated series wasn't he he was in Batman the Animated yeah. Series. He was in um, Cobra Kai, baby. Well, of course, Cobra yeah. Kai. He's actually got. A, he tells a really funny story about Cobra Kai because we brought up Cobra Kai, and you just got to listen to the interview because his response is pretty hilarious. Um, you'll just have to tune in and listen to that one. And we've got an upcoming interview with uh, Carney Wilson from Wilson Phillips. We're doing a fun little holiday special later in the month of December. So that's where you can find me. Two dollar late fee. Uh, T-W-O, no backwards three or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if you like what we do here, uh, every, every, you know, if you, if you, if you're digging what we're, what we're putting down, I don't know, guys, you know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, check out our Patreon. We have a bunch of other shit over there. It's all fucking awesome. We also have a merch page. We have a bunch of shirts you guys can buy. Support the show that way as well. Uh, podcast. Babcock fish. Fitch Babcock. <laughs> fitch Babcock. Bab- <laughs> what does he know, bitch? <laughs> 
<laughs> Still have not sold a single shirt of that, but I don't I'm care because it exists and I'm happy about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but check out all that kind of stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash podcast after dark and, you know, podcast after dark.com slash merch. You can, you can find every single link at podcasting after dark.com. Um, I did step on your toes, Zach. I know you were going to say that this was awesome. So please elaborate. This was awesome. <laughs> it was it go. was as awesome as the Orbots animation was. <laughs> yes, and and I'll you know I'll just end it on my note of just singing. Shine like the da, 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 da. sorry I won't sing anymore. Go check out that Spartacus theme song. It'll knock your eighty socks off. Wait, is is this a Zach pick? Yes, babe. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and, and Diallo, the next time we have you on the show, we have to talk about Shazam or oh, yeah, Gal and Electro. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> next time you guys have me on, I definitely am, you know, because Shazam is one yes. of my all time favorite characters and I probably will talk quite a bit. So. And yeah. what what year did that? I mean, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what, mm-hmm. what was the year that that came out? Or roughly, was that the late seventies? It was like mid to late seventies, I think. I think it was okay. about seventy five, seventy four, seventy five, seventy six, like around there. So okay. Yeah. And and was yeah. the Dino Woman? Uh, was that like a Elec- people that- Electra? Yeah, Electra Woman and Dino Girl. That was um, so you know Sid and Marty Croft. They had, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was yeah. a um, Sid and Marty Croft show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they had. Tons of shows, and that was one of them. They were more like late, late seventies, early eighties, I think. So, and, and and for me, I think I'm probably most familiar with their stuff with Fraggle Rock, right? Like that's probably where I know them best from. Probably, but yeah, a lot later. Um, they, did they do Fraggle? That was a hit, Jim that's, Henson. That's Henson. Yeah, that's oh, Jim I Henson. Thought, yeah. Oh shit! I thought that was uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, I, they, I did, they did. They did HR Puffin stuff. That's uh, right. Yeah. Lidsville. Yeah. They did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. That's my other. That's my other. Bigfoot big and Wild Boy. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh now man, I'm, yeah. I'm down with team, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys and gals out there in the in the the padosphere. Ooh, that's a good one, Zach. Padosphere. That's that's not bad. Ooh, I like that. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll try that one out. See how that works. Um, you guys are definitely gonna hear Diallo again on TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We first, uh, last, but definitely not. Last but definitely not least, thank you, Dayalo, for being on our show. Uh, this is this is one of many more to come for damn sure. Yeah, uh, this was super entertaining. You you brought it. Yeah, you brought the thanks fire. guys. Yeah, thanks again. And um, I just want to um, just thank you for one other thing, and that is friendship. <laughs> 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 All I'm gonna say is shine like a sun that lies beneath the sea. Whatever the hell that means. No matter how many times you try to push it, buddy. <laughs> As people are gonna be like, "That's it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be the like next that. big thing." You, you yeah. This is it. This is it. You Check sound out like Pathfinder on YouTube. It's he's really good. You sound like your boy in Boogie Nights running around trying to sing the touch, trying to make it. <laughs> you got the touch. Oh my yeah. god. After all is said and done, you never walk, you never run, you're a winner. Here. <laughs>
It's the best. It's the best. I that hope I can. I, w- I want to be able to fade this into the actual song and just fade it out that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your best. Well, you know, this is only going to work if one of you is doing the Running Man and uh, like John C. Riley. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this was awesome. Uh, I cannot wait to do it again. Bada bing, bada boom, tick a tang, tick a tune. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Hey, that's my line. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.